1: It's amazing how the enemy has warped the thinking of the world so radically.
0: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
1: I entitled this message, A True Identity. As we read together in 2 Corinthians, let's read what it says here, picking up in verse 12. He says, but what I am doing, I will continue to do that I may cut off opportunity for those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter of which we are boasting. So he's saying, look, I'm calling these people on the carpet or teaching false doctrine. Verse 13, for such men are false apostles. They're deceitful workers. They're disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, verse 14 says, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants as righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their deeds. Know this, the church here in Corinth was so caught up in the razzle dazzle of these boasting false teachers who relied on their smooth and slick speech to captivate The minds of the listeners that they were actually being led astray by these false teachers. But in chapter 10, verse 17, Paul's boast was in the Lord. And he was willing to talk about himself and his calling to turn over the false accusation of these deceivers. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next point. But notice Paul calls these guys on the carpet for who they really were. In fact, back in verse 13, he calls them false apostles, deceitful workers, those who are just wearing a disguise of apostleship. Look, anybody can say anything they want about anything they want to talk about and about themselves. They can make unlikely claims, they, they can say great things, but whatever a person says has to be weighed against the truth of God's word. And according to Jesus, God's word is truth. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth, John 17, 17. It's the standard or rule of truth that everything has to be measured by. So what we hear has to be weighed by God's word. And that will determine if what we hear is correct. Now, these in Corinth were like many today. They could not stand under the light of the truth because God's word will always, always expose false teaching. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And it is a light unto my path. Listen to the fruit of us reading and believing the words of God's truth. This is the fruit. Proverbs 6.22 talks about a true believer, and this is the fruit of reading the truth. He says, when you walk about, they will guide you. When you read the truth of God's word, when you're walking about, it will guide you. If you read God's word all the time, then when you sleep, it'll watch over you. When you wake up the next day, it'll talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light. And reproofs for discipline are the way of life. God's word is what keeps us walking with God. Paul said in verse 14 that it's no wonder that people are deceived. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. People will come to me and say, I saw an angel and then, and he spoke to me and, and he said this to me and they'll say some crazy thing. And I'm just like, yeah, well, that's not the Lord. How could you say it's not the Lord? Oh, they'll say, I was led to this person to be dating this person and, and, and I'm going to marry this person. Are they a believer? No. But I believe that God spoke to me and told me that I'm supposed to go with this person. I said, that was the devil. How could you say there was a the devil because that person's so hot? I mean, they're so nice. <laughs> they're a beautiful person. Because God will never go contrary to his word. Ever. Ever. So it's like God will never tell you that. This person is the person you should date if that person doesn't love Jesus more than they love you. It's just not going to happen. God would never do that. In fact, all through the Old Testament, what did he tell the children of Israel? Do not associate with the people. When I bring you into the new promised land, do not associate with them. Do not do what they do. Do not worship their gods because they will pull you away from me. He says, don't have anything to do with them. See, Satan he masquerades as an angel of light. And even though the devil is likened to a roaring lion which he can be at times prowling about seeking whom he may devour, understand, he's way more dangerous when he disguises himself as a minister of light. Did you get that? See, you know, when we finally see him, you know, poking around like a roaring lion, okay, oh, we know that that's the enemy. But what about when he disguises and masquerades as a minister of light? Oh, he just he says all the right things. His church is wonderful. He he tells us we're champions and God loves us and, and everything's gonna be okay. It's like, well, everything's not gonna be okay if you're living in sin and you don't choose to leave that sin. It is not gonna be okay. See, Satan is a master of manipulating. The word of god and he will leave out critical little pieces in certain areas to trip you up to make it say something else while he adds to other areas so he'll take away little pieces here add little pieces there it's like uh actually no that bible doesn't say that people will come to me and say oh the bible says yeah uh, where does it say that show me that well you know it's just kind of like you know uh, godliness is next to uh or cleanliness is next to godliness it's like uh, doesn't say that. There's all these little things that people will come up with. Oh, the Bible says this, and I'll say, uh, actually, it doesn't say that. Where does it say that? Oh, it's in the Bible. Well, show me. Well, I don't know for sure where it's at. What? Well, no, because it's not in there. See, so, so he has a way of masquerading and coming in and taking little pieces out and adding little pieces. That's why it says in Revelation chapter 22, just the last couple of verses, it says, if anyone takes away anything from the Word of God their name will be taken away from the Lamb's book of life. And if you add anything to the word of God, then the plagues that are written in this book will be added to your life. You don't have to spend much time in the book of Revelation to see the gnarly, radical plagues that are written in there. God says, you add to God's word, I'll add these plagues to your life. Oh, that doesn't sound too good. No, it's not. See, the Bible is the accuser. I mean, that the, the says in the bible that the devil is the accuser of the brethren says that in revelation 12:10 he deceives he whispers his falsehoods satan can produce a false conviction inside he loves when we mistake his voice for the voice of the holy spirit again you know there's like three voices that are just mainly cruising around in your head one of them is you that's where it's like yes must go to Pink's Hot Dogs and get the biggest one with jalapenos inside, you know. It's like, see, that's, that's just you, okay? It's not anyone else, it's you. Then you have the still, small voice of God. It just whispers. It's not very loud. You have to really be, like, quiet and listening to hear that little voice. But then you have Satan. God, he He masquerades. He comes in and sometimes he can sound like you. Yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah, do that, do that. And other times he is real quiet, kind of sounds like the Lord, but it's not. God will never, ever slightly contradict his word, not even slightly. That's why we're told in in commanded. To test all the voices in our head. You have a vision. You have some crazy dream. You have a vision. You're listening to this guy, listen to that guy, listen to this preacher. Why? Yeah, you know, someone today, you know, wanted to show me something on, you know, 5G. And there's this little thing about, you know, 5G and, you know, it's, it's getting into your brain and it's all, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, whatever. First John four, one says, beloved, who's beloved? It's us. It's his children. It's me and you. Do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they're from god why because many false prophets have gone out into the world you have to test the spirits it's like remember when they went to the breens the breens you know they said hey that sounds good we're going to test that we're going to see if that really matches up with what god says so you would listen to someone and it's like you listen to this preacher oh they're funny they got this and they got it. okay that's great but what is the content of their message? Are they teaching out of the Bible? Or do they just pull in some random verse and then build a whole thing on top of that just to make it sound good? It's like, what are they teaching? We are to test. We are to make sure that what they're speaking is true. We're to test and to prove against God's word of what they're saying. We are to know for ourselves that what we're listening to is true. We mustn't be slack in this, and we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So while we're looking out for the lion that is seeking whom he may devour, let's not be deceived by the artificial angel of light. Then Paul said in verse 15, since that's how Satan operates, it's not surprising that his servants do the same thing, right? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15? Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They look the part. They look like they love us. They look like they just want to innocently teach God's word. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. It's like when we went to Mastro's. You ever been to Mastro's Steakhouse? Let me tell you, if you go there, have lots of money because it costs a fortune. Okay, and the reason me and my wife were there was someone gave us a $200 gift card, and we used every penny of it in one stop okay it's a fortune you just don't go there you know we got this thing it was called this tomahawk thing and it was for two people they just bring out this giant bone with this meat all over it and you know you get a separate big potato it's like 15 bucks a piece i mean it's just it's it's crazy money it's like that piece of meat was like a hundred bucks for both of us and then you know, two big potatoes you had a couple vegetables and i mean you're up to 175 bucks plus tax tip Boom, it's gone 200 bucks is out the door but let me tell you it was so good <laughs> it's like so anyway so we're talking to the gal that's serving us and you know we're just joking around with her and all this you know and you know you're there for a little while I me mean, hey you're gonna drop 200 bucks for a meal you might as well be there for a while and so we kind of were building relationship with her so i'm like going so finally they were getting towards the end of the meal and go, hey you know i just want you to know how much there's a god in heaven that loves you and and she's like, Oh, do you go to church? I go, Yeah. And I'd like to invite you to this church we go to on Los Angeles. And she goes, Oh, well, we go to this other church here in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's right up the street here. And it's like, Oh, it's so great. Cause me and my boyfriend, cause she had already been saying that she loves her boyfriend and da 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 da. And they're not getting married and all of this stuff, you know. And it's like, she's been going to this church for like a couple of years. It's like, no big deal. It's like, you know, whatever. It's like, no one's going to tell them that, like, no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh why, why blow the why blow the mood, Pastor? It's like they're going to church, aren't they? Isn't that good enough? No, it's not good enough. It's like, could you imagine uh, all kinds of people coming here living in sin and whatever. And it's like, I would rather have this church next to empty than full with people with a false sense of security. But our final point here is a faithful servant. Paul comes to them talking about himself like the false prophets did. Because all the false prophets did, just brag about themselves. Well, we're better than this apostle Paul because we're this and we're that. And I've got accolades and I've got diplomas on the wall. And, you know, we've done all these wonderful things, you know. So Paul comes to them and says, oh, you want to hear bragging? Is that what you want to hear? Is that is that the only way I can minister to you is to come to you with all my accolades? So Paul says in his foolishness, he says, okay, look, I'm going to give you what they give you. So in verse 22, he says, are they Hebrews? So am I. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane, he says, I more so. He goes, is that what you want to hear? Do you want to hear bragging? In far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. He says, you know what? Verse 24, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent in the deep, meaning I was out in the ocean all by myself. Verse 26, I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless Sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure that I carry on me of the concern for all the churches that he started. Verse 29, who is weak without me being weak with them? Who is led into sin without intense concern for me? If I have to boast, verse 30, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness the god and father of our lord jesus christ he who is blessed forever knows that i am not lying he says why are you listening to these crazy people they come in here talking about all their accolades you know, i've done more stuff than those guys i've done more stuff in my little pinky than those people have listen to that strong language that paul uses for allowing themselves to be caught up in this deception. He said in verse 20 that they were enslaved and devoured, if you go back to verse 20. They were taken advantage of by these people. It's like they were hit in the face. Being hit in the face was a sign of disrespect and contempt. They had been humiliated. So Paul, desiring to keep these Corinthians walking squarely in the truth, he wanted to bring light who he really was Chosen and called by God. Again, this is all recorded in the light of. If you go back to chapter ten, verse seventeen, where his boast is in the Lord. So all the glory would go to God. He said, "Who are these people? Who are these people? I'm everything they claim to be and more. A Hebrew of Hebrews and Israelite descendant, descendant of Abraham, servant of Christ. But here's the difference." It cost me, Paul was saying. Consider who he was. One of the leading Pharisees in Jerusalem, trained by Gamaliel, one of the most respected rabbis of all time. His acceptance of Christ caused Paul great loss. In this world, his position was shattered. His, His suffering proved his genuineness of his character. He was imprisoned, he was beaten, he was left for dead, five times scourged with 39 lashes, living in danger, shipwrecked, and burdened with the daily concern for all of the churches that he started. Yet Paul's suffering was a what? It was a testimony for the the glory of God as he took on the heart of the Savior, plus he would have even suffered more. Listen to the passion that he had for his fellow Jew. In Romans 9, 2, he says, for I could wish that I myself was accursed. Talking about being accursed, I wish I was as far separated from God as possible, separated from him, if my brethren, my kinsmen, my fellow Jew according to the flesh, if they could be saved. See, Paul was so committed to Christ, he was willing to say, God, if you will save my fellow Jew, you can send me to hell in a handbasket. Now, I can say I'm pretty passionate about people coming to Christ. Now, I've, I've been able by the grace and mercy of God to lead many people to Christ. But I don't know if I'm willing to say, yeah, send me to hell in a handbasket so dirtbag over here can be saved, okay? It's like, uh, Lord, I want to do whatever I can. But see, Paul had become so Christ-minded that he was willing to die for his own countrymen. Now, God, of course, would look at Paul and say, no, I'm not sending you to hell to save these stiff-necked, obstinate people over here. But you know God was thinking, but it is pretty cool that you would offer. That is pretty cool. But how can you humanly explain that kind of love? You can't. This kind of faith, this kind of love that the apostle Paul had can only be explained by the inner workings of the mighty and gracious power of the Holy Spirit of God. Understand, if you're a Christian, the world will argue with you all day long. They'll argue with you about your morality. The world will argue with you about the very existence of God. The world will argue with you about every aspect of your theology in Christ. But, just like the Apostle Paul, the world cannot argue with your changed life. It can't argue with that. Man, you were were lost and now you're saved. You were blind and now you see. A life that's passionate about serving the eternal God. Let me ask you, are you passionate about serving God? Are you consumed with pleasing Him? Know this your life has such great purpose. It is, it's so purposeful, especially where our world is going right now. You know how everything's turning against the conservative thoughts? And it's like everything's starting to twist and not make sense anymore. They're calling what was once sin and wrong, they're calling that right. See, it's like somehow if we completely twist everything so bad, we twist it up so much where the thinking is completely bizarre. Now it's like what is evil is good, and what's good is evil. So now everyone who's not walking with Christ and walking in evil, now they're justified. Now it's good. My lifestyle is good. See, and it's like that's what's happening. The whole world is turning around where they're not recognizing the evil in their own life. And then people that are trying to be upright and honest, now they're the evil ones. So now they can say, No, you're the one that's evil. I'm good. Everything's good with me. See, it's self justification. It's amazing how the enemy has warped the thinking of the world so radically. But again, the world will argue with every aspect of your life, but they can't argue with a changed life, a life that's passionate about serving the eternal God. Let me ask you. Are you passionate about serving him? Are you consumed with pleasing him? Are you? It's been instilled in the very core of our being that we are the children of God. It says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Are you finished trying to find your own purpose and place? Because if you are, it's time to humble yourself before God. And one of the most wonderful thing about serving God and putting others first is it puts you last. And remember what Jesus said, the last will be first in heaven and the first will be last in heaven. So as we put ourselves kind of on the back burner and we say, Lord, you know, I don't want to just come to you 24 seven about me, me, me. I want to start throwing myself into my purpose of serving you and sharing you with others. I want to make a mark and a difference for your kingdom in the here and now. And when we put him first, everything changes with our life because then all of a sudden we start realizing that, oh my goodness, God is using me. And there's nothing greater than coming off a situation where God just used you for some crazy thing. And then you walk away like, I can't believe that. God used me in that person's life.
0: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034.